0: This is an AMI podcast. I'm Joytha Gupta, and this is The Pulse. The only constant in life is change itself. Then why do so many of us struggle with unexpected change? Apart from needing to make necessary adjustments to our lives, unlearning and relearning, figuring out where we go from here, change of any kind opens up a whole other can of worms who am i afterwards humor a support system and a positive outlook on life can help negotiate change but so can a willingness to share your story with those who need to hear it this act of sharing helps both the storyteller and the audience today we discuss an AMI-tv original documentary, The Invincible James Lee. It's time to put your finger on The Pulse. Hello and welcome to The Pulse on AMI-audio. My name is Juita Gupta. When we think about change... We often think about change in broad and sweeping terms. Political change, social change, economic change, technological change. It feels that the world is constantly changing. Every time you turn on the news or flip over to watch the weather or sports, there's a recent development, something that's new, that's breaking, that's happening in the now and in the moment. So we don't really contemplate, at least in the public sphere, the importance and meaning of change for an individual in their personal lives. Change that is as unexpected as it is profound for an individual. And yet I wonder if there is a relationship between personal change and broader societal change. After all, wasn't it Gandhi who said that we should try to be the change we want to see in the world? Or Tolstoy, who said that so many people talk about changing the world, but don't really talk about changing themselves. So how do you learn lessons from personal change, dealing with personal adversity that can be applied to broader social change? To try and expand on our conversation today, I am joined by two very special guests. My guests today are Rue Jones from Grand Prairie and James Lee from Red Deer. James is the subject of a new original documentary produced by Rue called The Invincible James Lee. The documentary aired recently on AMI TV and is available on the AMI TV app for iOS and tvOS. Rue Jones and James Lee, welcome to the Pulse.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: James. If you go to click on the documentary, there's a little blurb, a write-up, and it says that James Lee is a husband, a father, an avid athlete, and is about to become a double amputee. And that tells us a lot about you, but at the same time, it tells us nothing. So before we get into the contents of the documentary, describe your life before you had your first surgery. What was James Lee's (coughs) life like?
2: Excuse me. James Lee's life was full of uh, sports was full of uh, travel, was uh, spent working, playing with my kids. Very active, very social. I, I was not a homebody. I was out all the time. Every night of the week, you could find me at a, a hockey rink or a baseball diamond or a basketball court, badminton court. Um, I was out all the time.
0: Right. So, James, when did you realize that your life was about to change? When, what, what was it that led up to that first surgery?
2: I uh, you know, I, I work in the oil patch in Alberta here, and uh, when the downturn happened, there was uh, quite a few of us that weren't working, and I was one of the lucky few that were. Um, my foot kept getting sore. It kept cramping up, and I ignored it. It uh, just kept working, and uh, it would get worse and worse. It got to the point where I couldn't even wear a sock. I would actually go to work uh, wearing a slipper. Uh, just to relieve some of the pain that was within my foot. Um, finally, got to the point where I just couldn't ignore it anymore, and I did go to the hospital, and they did uh, run some tests, at which time I did live in Grand Prairie, and they did fly me to Edmonton, um, at which time the vascular surgeon there told me I had Berger's disease, which, you know, uh, is bad circulation. It basically causes my tissues to die because they're starving of nutrients and oxygen. Uh, So my foot was extremely uh, painful and sore and that's how it started for me. Uh, I had a sore foot and learned a lot about uh, what was going on with me in a very short period of time.
0: And so James, the outcome of that visit to the hospital in Edmonton was that a decision was made to remove your, I believe it was your right foot. Is that what happened to you then?
2: Yes, um, we did decide at that point uh, with the doctors that that was the best course of action. Um, My foot was dying. It was just going to be extremely uh, painful from that point on. There was nothing that could be done, so I was flown back to Grand Prairie where my family was, and the procedure was done there. Mm -hmm.
0: Ru, I want to bring you into the conversation. At what point do you encounter James and decide that, you want to start to tell James' this story.
1: Sure. So um, <clears throat> after James's first amputation, um, some time went by, which, which he could fill you in on, but eventually he got connected up with a uh, sports organization, an adapted sports organization called the Grand Prairie Wolverines here in town. And um, specifically on their sledge hockey team, By chance, I was filming an episode of uh, our community for AMI up here and um, doing a story on a sledge hockey tournament the Wolverines were putting on, Mm -hmm. and um, was talking to various athletes, and James was one of them. Um, You know, James and our crew got on really well right off the bat, and, um, and I was so thankful cuz he was just really open about his journey his experience and 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 so that was good but um partway way through one of our interviews he he told me that um his doctor had just told him he was going to lose his second leg uh, or that, that that was a high likelihood because um as the pain was increasing there wasn't anything they could do so um so we finished up that sledge hockey documentary with, with James and um and then as soon as it was over, uh James and I got together um to chat about, you know, what was going on in his life and and his second amputation that was coming up and um I asked if he thought it would be okay for us to film that and journey with him because I thought it was an important story to tell. And, um, and luckily James has, uh, you know, is, he's very focused on awareness and very aware that, that sometimes people's ignorance is exactly that. They just don't know what it's like. And so he wanted to be part of telling a story of, um, of whatever came to, to people. So he invited us to come along with him. And, uh, pretty quickly, actually, we came along and sat in on a doctor's appointment where, um, where James and his surgeon kind of officially decided that there would be an amputation. Hmm.
0: James, I understand that you want to spread awareness, but at the time that this documentary was being filmed, is it fair to say that you were in a lot of pain, you were going to undergo surgery, and your life was going to change yet again? Why bring in this extra piece with wanting to be involved with the documentary? What was your motivation? What were you thinking at the time?
2: You know, my motivation is um, I'm I'm a very social person. I'm very out there. Uh, I love to laugh. I love to make people laugh. It's a big part of who I am. Um, what I didn't realize after my first amputation was how blind I was to simple little things and how important it is, how wonderful um, people can be. Um, And how real things are and how sometimes maybe I wasn't as true to myself as I possibly could be. And yet I've learned so much in this journey. Uh, It's just been really, really fantastic for me. And the way I feel, I just I want to spread that. I just want to let everybody understand and know for those who won't stand up for themselves and speak. I'll definitely do that for them.
0: We'll be returning to the topic of your humor in a few moments, James, but for now, I want to remind everyone that we're listening to a conversation of the voices that you're hearing are those of Rue Jones, who is the director and producer of an AMI original TV documentary. And the other person that you're listening to is the subject of the documentary, The Invincible James Lee. And of course, we're speaking to James Lee as well. Rue, I want to talk to you a little bit about your documentary making process. How did you decide to go about filming this documentary you mentioned previously you went in with James to the surgery uh, to a surgeon's appointment what was your thought process in terms of the actual filming of the documentary
1: Um you know we uh we intentionally shot this with um a very small crew um quite often there was you know between 1 and 3 of us there because we wanted to we didn't want it to be manufactured. We wanted it to be an honest experience of um, of James's life, mm-hmm. and um, and so we kept things fairly simple. Um, and we had a uh, a couple a couple guys who I, I work with fairly regularly, so that we could just um, you know really take the time to connect with James and his family, and that was that was very important to us because obviously as they were going through something so big, Um, you know, it was very important to us not to, in any way, in a documentary, you're always wanting to kind of get to the deeper stuff and talk about where people are really at. But I also had to have several conversations with James throughout, just reminding him, hey, look, if I'm pushing too hard, or or this is going to be difficult for you, please tell me to stop, because I don't want to intrude on your life, but I do want to document it well. So that was kind of the constant balance for us was getting getting as much and as deep and as full of a truth as we can, um, but without being so invasive to their family that they don't have the space they need to, to process and to heal and all of those things.
0: James, we touched on the fact that although the documentary is largely about you. It's not entirely about you in that your family is also featured in the documentary. What sort of conversations did you have with your family about their involvement in the documentary? I know you have small children and there might have been some concerns about exposing them to the glare of the camera.
2: I spoke heavily about that with my wife and, you know, you know, Rude addressed it a little bit there. We didn't have any lines set up. We didn't have any second takes everything that you see on that documentary was one take and everything we said was right from the heart. Mm -hmm. Um, and because of that, in order for me to get a message across and out there, I have to be that open. And my family was so gracious to acknowledge that and be a part of that. My wife and kids did such a fantastic job and they are my rock. They are my base. Uh, in order for me to be able to even do this without them, uh, it would be a lot more difficult. So, mm-hmm.
0: You know, it really comes across in the documentary, James and Rue. I suppose, the credit to you as well, how close-knit the family really is. But the other thing that comes out in the documentary, clear as day, James, is just how much, how funny you are. You have an incredible sense of humor. <laughs> tell, tell us all about the role that humor played in your recovery.
2: It's... It has played a huge role. Um, without my humor, um, there's not much left. You know, it's it's such a, a wonderful thing to smile and to laugh. Mm-hmm. And don't kid yourself. There's days where I cry. There's days where I'm sad and I'm upset and I kind of look at a wall and go, wow. But, you know, when that's passed um, and that feeling is gone, you, you know, it, it makes uh, an incredible... Feeling for myself, and, and and I'm very selfish that way. When I can make somebody smile, when I can make somebody laugh, um, it does wonders for me. Let alone them, mm-hmm. um, it's a great healing thing. The, the the laughter is definitely something I would recommend for everybody.
0: And Ru, if you're, if you're a documentary filmmaker, and you sort of alluded to this yourself in the first half of our conversation, what you're really trying to do is tell a story and bring some depth to that story. Were you at all hoping to explore the relationship between humor and coping with sudden unexpected change? Or did the fact that we spend some time thinking about humor in James' story, is that just a happy coincidence?
1: You know, as I got to know James, I realized that was going to be a big building block of the documentary. For one, there's there's a few times in the documentary, um, specifically in the doctor's office when he kind of gets the official news he's about to lose his second leg, where you can actually, at least I feel like, you can see James trying to cope and using his humor to keep himself above water, and you can see those wheels kind of turning. And I thought that was actually a very important piece to capture because... Um, because it is part of his story and part of how how he's coping with this. And everyone has their own, you know, strategies for, for coping with um, mental health and stuff. But it was, it was great to see the way he used humor to lift himself and those around him out of it. Um, and it also makes it a lot more, um, you know, as a storyteller, it makes the documentary a lot more watchable because you can get feeling down and it's it's hard to watch a family go through this but then he cracks a really good joke and you know okay we're going to be okay we're going to get through this together and I think that's important for the audience as well as their family when we kind of sit down to spend this hour with them
0: Mm -hmm. and James in one of the ways in which people relate to you is partly through your humor but I think also through your candor the very honest ways in which you talk about getting fitted for a wheelchair and the struggles of getting in and out of a bathtub, is is something that a lot of us do and take for granted on a daily basis. So how are you doing now? What sort of adaptations have you had to make in your life to accomplish some of your day-to-day tasks?
2: Honestly, um, shoes in the in front foyer, things on the ground, water on the floor after my son has had a shower. Um, it's very, I'm very, very cautious. Um, one little step uh, coming off of a sidewalk down the curb onto the street. Um, It's very, everything is very, very relevant. Um, So, you know, getting up and putting my legs on uh, out of a shower, I have to push myself up and stand up on my legs, which might not actually be completely on yet. So if it's off by just ever so slightly i'm very cautious about being able to get that leg on properly so i can actually put my entire weight on it a lot of things have changed for me um it's simply honestly at three o'clock in the morning if i have to use the restroom i've got to put my legs on it's not just a matter of getting up now and and going but i've got a, a little bit of a process now that i have to do to, to do that so
0: we are listening to the voices of James Lee and Rue Jones, who are speaking to us about an AMI-TV original documentary, The Invincible James Lee. And so The Invincible James Lee, I want to ask you a little bit about being a dad to your kids. And I really loved what Rue said about watching a family go through this. And so how has this experience changed your, your sons, your relationships with your son? I know dad is still dad, but... Have there been changes in your life and in your family's life?
2: Absolutely. Um, I can't tell you how proud I am of my boys. Um, They are the absolute best thing in my life. Um, What I'm going through is one thing, but what they have taken away from this is, uh, you know, an experience and knowledge. They stand up for people uh, that they normally might not have before. They recognize things that maybe other children their age, 10 and 12, don't. Um, They're an advocate for, you know, the right things. My 10-year-old son will stand up for somebody who's being picked on because they're different. Mm -hmm. Um, Their dad is different. Their dad will always be their dad. And they absolutely unconditionally love me. Uh, I put more pressure on myself than anybody else ever does. About wanting to be there for them, walk with them, play baseball with them, skate with them. Uh, There's a lot of things that I can't do anymore with them the way I used to. Mm -hmm. Now I can do it differently. I have uh, a disability in the eyes of the public. They're just different abilities now. Mm -hmm. Um, But my kids are fantastic. Uh, Just I can't say enough about my boys. Mm
0: -hmm. You sound like a proud dad. Rue, There is so much more of this story that I feel needs to be told. Just in listening to James talk and hearing about the evolution and the changes in his sons and his his kids, I feel if I were a documentary filmmaker, I'd be chaffing at the bit to make part two. So are you thinking of a follow-up, perhaps?
1: We definitely are. Uh, James and I are in lots of conversations about that and how that would look. Um, We would like to follow... James in a in a little bit more of a long-term sense ideally um with a bit of a docu series and um and and follow some of his work as comes out a little bit in the documentary but also just as I've talked to him and you know <laughs> just his friends um he really is passionate about talking to other people who are going through various traumas and changes in their life and um and we would love to you know continue to follow James as as his life changes and evolves, as well as um, as he tries to be a helping ear and an advocate for others. So we're, uh, we're working on the best way to do that right now.
0: And James, as you get your story out there, and you advocate and you talk to people, and I get this as a person with a disability, you might get this as a person with a disability, as someone the public sees as having a disability, they might say to you, James, You are such an inspiration. How do you feel about that? Do you have complicated feelings? Are you happy with being told that you're an inspiration? Do you feel that you're more than an inspiration?
2: You know, I do at times, to be honest with you. um, I don't think that I'm any more special than anyone else. I've seen people, I've met people that have, in my mind, a tougher time than I do. I have such a great support group. My wife, my kids... Uh, my in-laws, my brother-in-law, like I have a great support group. Some people don't have that. Mm -hmm. I have recently talked to people from Newfoundland, Ontario, Manitoba, here in Alberta, Grand Prairie. I had somebody reach out to me yesterday. There's a couple going through the same thing that I am. They have not at this point had an amputation. They saw the documentary. They reached out to me. We've been talking to them online. Mm-hmm. I'm going to both my son's schools next week, and I'm giving a speech about just how to be different and how to, one one's about being resilient. Um, it's such a great thing for me. You know, I'm going for a coffee with a gentleman who's 63 years old next week, mm-hmm. who's a double amputee, and he doesn't know how to deal with it. He's not getting along very well. I'm very, very humble to be around so many people that think that they can look up to me um, aside from my children I've always wanted them to look up to me and be a good role model I never thought in a million years that something like this a lot of people would look to me for answers and need for support I am very humbled by it.
0: And James if you don't mind I'm going to rewind the tape figuratively speaking of course and ask you about something that comes up fairly early in the documentary because you mentioned you had a sore foot. And one of the things that your wife says in the documentary is that you kind of ignored the docu- doctor's appointments. And you acknowledged that like most men, you ignored the symptoms until it got to a point where it couldn't be ignored anymore. In light of your experiences, I think it's fair to say you would tell other men not to ignore their symptoms and to go and get medical help. But how do you want to communicate that message to men in a way that would resonate that they won't just drag you off and say, yeah, 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 we get it.
2: It's a deep-rooted thing with myself, and maybe it's just my generation being 49 years old. um, When you go to work for 8, 10, 12 hours a day, you go to work for 8, 10, 12 hours a day. And if you are needed, you're needed. Mm -hmm. I put myself second. I put my family second to my job, and I'll never do that again. Mm -hmm. And no guy, no woman, nobody should ever do that. If you have a problem, if you're not feeling right, go get it looked at. I had a sore foot. It was simple as that, and my whole life changed because of a sore foot. Mm -hmm. Don't take any time off to go get it done. Go get it looked at. Mm
0: -hmm. And, Rue, there was something in James and his story that compelled you to put something of yourself into the documentary in that you spent time and effort in, in creating this documentary that people can watch. What are you hoping that they would take away from it?
1: I'm pretty... Passionate about telling stories of hope, and and I think James, while um, while it's uh, difficult to watch some of the hard stuff James and his family go through, I think ultimately the Invincible James Lee is a story of hope, a story of resiliency, and a story of you know even even when things get difficult and and maybe more difficult than you ever imagined happening in your life um, through, you know, your support community and people around you and your attitude and um, and hopefully our society gets better and better at helping people. We we can still, we can care for each other and we can help each other get through the tough stuff and we can offer hope that way. and And I hope that's, you know, at least a piece of what people pull out of this.
0: Rue and James, thank you very much to both of you for being on The Pulse today. It was a pleasure speaking to
2: you. Thank you. It was wonderful talk to you.
0: That was Rue Jones and James Lee who spoke to us about an AMI TV original documentary, The Invincible James Lee. The documentary aired on AMI TV and is also available on the AMI app for iOS and tvOS if you'd like to go and check it out. If you missed any part of our conversation with Rue and James, you can go back and find the podcast for The Pulse available on your favorite podcast platforms. And while you're there, don't forget to like, rate, or subscribe. You can also head on over to The Pulse show blog page, which is at ami.ca forward slash on The Pulse, where I'll have some additional thoughts on this interview once I've had a chance to sit with it and process it a little bit. But just before you go, and before I go, I wanted to leave you with the thought of the day. And I think it's really about being hopeful and embracing change, which might at first seem unwelcome, which might at first seem unanticipated, and thinking of change as a way to exercise your agency, to keep a positive attitude. Don't push away the people in your life. Reach out for help. Establish a support group. Reach out to a community. Find art. Find sports. Find friends. Find all the ways in which you can leverage that moment of uncertainty into something good, not just for you, not just for your family, but for the community at large. In short, change is expected. Your reaction to that is the one thing that you have control over. And I hope that each and every one of us, as we find change in our lives, also find an opportunity to find our voice. And it's on that note that I'd like to thank my guests today, James Lee, as well as Rue Jones, who joined us to talk about the AMI TV documentary. The Pulse is produced by Enrique de Technical producer is Sam Robinson. And the manager of AMI-audio is Andy Frank. But most of all, thank you for listening to the program. If you'd like to reach out to us, please find us on Twitter at AMI-audio and use the hashtag Pulse AMI. You can also send us an email, write to feedback at ami.ca. Thanks a lot for tuning into the program. I've been your host Chuitha Gupta, and this has been the Pulse on AMI Audio. We'll be back again very soon. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit ami.ca.
2: I'm Arthur Shepherd of the AMI podcast Tripping on Air.